0: Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.
1: What's up, everybody? It's your coach. This episode, I got my man, my brother, vice president of the Miami Heat, Mr. Steve Stowe. What a great guest to have on the podcast He talks about sports, the business of sports. If you want to get a job in sports, the mindset, we talk about family, we talk about baseball, we talk about basketball, we even talk about beards. Please, again, if you have any aspirations of working in the sports business, this is the podcast for you. Check out my man, Steve Stowe of the Miami Heat. Sports world. I got here one of one of Miami's legends in, in what he does, my man Steve Stowe, Miami Heat, been so so proud to call this guy my friend, to have him here. Steve, how are you doing today, buddy? Doing
0: fantastic. Thanks for having me here. This is exciting. All
1: right, all right. Steve, the origin story, man. Where are you from? Where were you born? Give me the whole thing. So I was born in Miami, North Shore Hospital.
0: That is Miami, right there, 305. Uh, born in Miami, raised in Miami, uh, grew up in uh, Miami Beach, North Bay Village area. And uh, went to University of Florida, graduated there. And then I actually got my master's in business, administration, and sport management at Barry University. Oh so my from God. there, you know, I uh, was able to transition into sports. It was the first year of the sport management program. And uh, when I went to University of Florida, there was really no such thing as a sport management major at all. So sports was really not anything uh, other than playing or coaching in the early 90s, if you will. So um, when I started at Barry, I, I thought it seems like a, a, a business that, that is non-existent yet. And even if you look back toward uh, hockey and sports, there were never any corporate partners on the dasher boards of the hockey arenas is always white. You know, the uniforms never had a, a logos, logos on them. That. So just said there's got to be something coming uh, into sports. And thankfully I was able to really transition to the Miami heat at a time right before they were moving to, uh, to the american airlines arena where we play now so it was a really unique time back then to see uh, that arena get built and start working uh and move into that building in the middle of that 99 2000 season when i started
1: steve any sports on your end did you play any sports at all growing up
0: so i played uh baseball in high school and uh that was about it i, I wasn't that great but I was uh, very into playing sports and loved what sports. What position in baseball? Baseball, I actually pitched and uh, played center field. And then when I got to University of Florida, I realized what athletics are really about. Yeah. And how I cannot <laughs> play.
1: Uh, sports, so no, so, so no, no, uh, no recruiting out of high school. Or nothing? No,
0: definitely not. I did play some basketball as well, and then started playing uh, recreationally a lot. Basketball, uh, yeah, basketball uh, during college and after college. Just are you staying? Are people. you
1: a guy that takes it in or shoots it from the outside? Rebound? What kind of uh, basketball? Whatever player?
0: needs to get done. <laughs> but I have. If people don't re- realize or don't believe me when I say I have not touched or shot a basketball now in about uh, fifteen years, really.
1: I mean, you, don't on, you don't get tempted. You don't get tempted to. I'm on a court
0: seven days a week. There's a basketball rack there. I may touch a ball just to feel feel, it, feel how it feels. Uh, I have not shot a ball, um, not even dribbled a ball. But you know, that's that's one of the things that people
1: don't. But you're don't a professional. You, yeah, you can understand. But, you, you, know, don't wanna, just, you don't want you don't want to see one of your don't main wanna, guys don't shooting hurt something. Don't want to no, hurt something. Shooting anymore. hook shots. Yeah, the in the middle of the that, court,
0: right? If you were gonna, that's the thing. If you're gonna shoot. A basketball at NBA facility, you better gotta respect it. You you gotta respect the. If I'm gonna shoot, uh, and someone's gonna see me, they'll be able to critique a lot about my shot. And and we we don't don't, want to do that. We don't need to do that right now,
1: Steve. From your early days, you were you almost had a vision that set yourself apart from everybody else. Did that come to you from your? parents was that you with yourself with an invoice what do you i've had a lot of people that
0: have helped me along the way a lot uh primarily my parents though uh thankfully for them uh, uh from a young age they've shown me work ethic i mean my grandmother who's 95 uh got me my first job uh when i was 14 she somehow got me hired at winn dixie uh, when they only hired 15-year-olds. I think she she f- fudged something yeah. and, got, and got me uh, the job. So she taught me right away uh, about work ethic. I worked on uh, the Biscayne and 90th location uh, at the time, which was a terrible neighborhood. Um, you can imagine I was probably about 110 pounds, 14-year-old kid, right. Right. dealing with a lot of bad things at that time. And then transitioned into uh, even... Uh, Working with my dad, uh, he was a painting contractor, uh, a lot of odd jobs, and and I was always someone that wanted to work. So um, work ethic with me uh, was instilled to me by my father, who uh, would leave the house every day, probably around 5.15 a.m. So my alarm clock was his shower or our shower squeaking every morning, whether I liked it or not, I was up. And then uh, even uh, working, there were some parking lots uh, at the Miami Arena that I worked at, that people think, that know me, that knew me back then, that know me now think I was working for the heat back then, which really had nothing to do with the heat. But I saw Miami uh, change. And to be able to do what I do uh, in a city that I grew up in and and to be around people that I still am able to touch, it it really is rewarding for me. I love it. And um, as you know, this South Florida has become a completely different uh, market and area than it was back then and and uh, I still think it, uh, it has growth so ten years from now Miami's gonna be different than it is now but to be able to to do this in a town that I grew up in and to have those role models along the way from coaches to my parents to family members i mean I always admired people who worked hard and i and I just think that that's something that uh, doesn't come to you you know people can tell you all you want about hard work but you really it's a cliche, but you have to put in the work. You
1: have to put in the work. Yeah. When you started, did you always have that humbleness about you that you said, listen, I'm gonna do whatever it takes? Because I know you started with the Panthers. That yeah. was the first thing. Yeah. And you weren't doing what you're doing yeah. now. Uh, yeah. So how were you able to to tell yourself, you know what, I'm gonna do this now? But you saw a vision of where it was going. How were you able to talk to yourself through Yeah, that? I mean, I think I'm uh, by nature a humble person, pretty private.
0: So that's why this is unique, even for me to be. <laughs> but young. we got to check his Instagram. My but, man's blowing up on, I'm Instagram, on Instagram, Instagram, though. <laughs> Instagram, Steve Stowe at Instagram, which I have my name on Instagram, which is rare. But um, the thing is, I think uh, humbleness is something that's just innate, you know, whether uh, you know it or not. Um, I've never been someone who's very showy, um, but I think you know working at the Panthers was was really a, a time when they uh just started winning and they they started getting into the playoffs and the Stanley Cup finals and um being around there when Scott Mellenby you know killed a rat with his hockey stick and to to know that story because I was there and to see it transform into the rat phenomenon and the fact that they have uh, the Rats, they brought the Rats back now. And and even me talking to current Panther players about that. Right. And they're so uh, in awe of the stories. They weren't even born uh, back Wouldn't then, I imagine. Happen. So back then I was working for the marketing department. And thank God Scott Mellenby, uh had that issue with the Rat because that gave me an opportunity to work at the Panthers, you know, uh, being part of that uh whatever they called it, the Panther Patrol. And right, the, the, right.
1: The, the... I, I remember, I remember because I never saw so many Cuban kids <laughs> playing in Miami with rollerblades. Yeah, right. like it was I just was... crazy. In, in the streets, we'd see people hitting, playing a hockey, we never see that in Miami. Thanks. that's crazy. what I
0: did. I, I was in charge of the inflatable slapshot game, which was, uh, I still get uh, nightmares when I hear a generator blowing up in inflatable uh, machines. That, that thing we brought all over town. I still have a plastic uh, rat in my office. How old
1: were you back then? Um, back then, I was early twenties. So think about that, man. And this is to bring value to the to the kids out there. That are yeah. in the early twenties, yeah. you know, especially in today's day and age, because there are some people that are super successful yeah. in their twenties, but yeah. that's not the norm, man. Right. You, if you're willing to put in the time and yeah. say, listen, of course, no dude wants to sit there and inflate stuff, whatever. Yeah. But it's the it's the ground level, man. Look, I was a
0: college graduate for years, uh, doing my master's degree, and believe me, there are plenty of times. Plenty of times that I said to myself, this is not what I went to school for. You know, why did I go to college? Or, you know, I have degrees. What am I doing? Um, and I just thought that there was a bigger picture. And, and I and I really learned along the way almost how not to be, if that makes any sense. Right. Because I saw a lot of managerial uh, positions treat people uh, terribly um, and, and not be... Courteous and polite to people, and and only maybe be courteous to their boss or to. And, and I learned at a young age, you know, everybody's the same. Right. I mean, now more than ever, it's kind of coming into, uh, you know, public light the issues in our society and how we have to treat everybody the same way and all these movements. But really I've always been like that and to see how people did not treat people the right way. I taught me, okay, when one day I'm in a position to help and I, and I will, and that's what I do now. I mean, I I currently help uh, anyone I can because when I was in that position and I would ask people for help and how do I get into sports? How do I stay in sports? The only thing that I would really hear was, you don't want to be in sports. Terrible business.
1: Don't do it. You think they told you that because they saw you coming up? With yeah, this I mean, I, this is, let's get this. Com- yeah, let's, I, let's remove the competition I, here I, fast. Thanks. It's flattering. <laughs> I thought
0: of that a little bit of why people uh, didn't want to help. But I also thought people also don't want to take the time um, to even tell you you know, what to do. And, and the way I look at it is if I'm helping someone get into this business, I'm yeah. trying to make this business even better than it is. Right. So if if I'm gonna uh, talk to a student, because I, I get emails all the time, or you know, uh, uh, resumes all the time, and if you if you spell someone's name wrong in an email, if you spell a player's name in a, in, a, in a, wrong, say like uh, Keep going, Steve. I'm gonna make you sure Keep going. Or if you say anything about you know this is something uh, I'm a huge fan of sports, so therefore I feel like I should work in sports. You know. There's a lot of tips that I can tell people, and that I want to tell people, hey, don't do th- don't do this or do that because that's something that's going to better our business. So I-, I, want people to better themselves, learn from others, put yourselves in a position uh, to learn. I mean, one of the books that I read uh, was Thinking, Grow Rich by Napoleon Napoleon Hill. It has nothing to do with uh,
1: money. Who's obese? I, i I've-, I've seen Steve. That guy's a speech he gave It's a black and white like in yeah. 1952 right and it is insane you know his story do you know yeah. his story yeah story?
0: absolutely so nothing to do with money and you know in that book it tells you to associate yourself around people who you want to model yourself after and it's true I mean I, I've been fortunate to be around someone like Pat Riley and, and, and to you know learn from a class act like himself but really um, we talk about youth all the time is that if you're around people that don't have your best interests or or they're heading down a path that that you don't like you can't really help that other than help yourself by not doing that road so I think that's that's a big thing is I'm just trying to uh, encourage everyone to better themselves and then hopefully that
1: will you know inevitably make the business better Steve, one thing I'm very jealous about you. Is you have a tremendous beard, okay? <laughs> and I can't wait myself beard. till my beard is your white. Beard. No your man, till nice. I get a white one. I think that's like uh, the man. Well, let's talk about that beard for the a beard. second. What upkeep do you do? You do it so, yourself? So that's is there funny. a barber out there you want to give a shout yeah, out they're, to?
0: They're, that is a funny uh, thing. Well, first of all, my wife will not let me cut it. I I I, I always had a goatee from the second I could grow hair. Uh, for In some the nineties goatee, yeah, you're yeah right I mean, always <laughs> had the the boy band goatee. Uh, always. I mean, I think I was born with a goatee. But uh kept uh, the beard uh, self-manicured. Um, but, yeah, absolutely. We have uh, uh, a gentleman who I've met, uh, this guy by the name of Cruz. Uh, yeah. He cuts DJ Snake is his big uh, yeah. uh, claim to fame. But, yeah, he, he's the one that did this that beard. That does that? Uh, and then other than that, I, I've been so used to doing the goatee for so many years. Uh, my wife tells me how. Like, what, what do you do with your beard? It's, it's kind of like a daily sort of like thing, uh, thing, and scissors only.
1: So you use scissors, uh, scissors on yours, scissors only and you touch it up every day.
0: Scissors only, and every day. And what about okay. the lines
1: here? That you, you go oh, to the
0: rate with a razor, but you scissors, do it yourself. Yeah, but wow. scissors, scissors. Uh, but you, I, I, your beard is listen, great. dude. But I gotta go looking, to somebody. I don't trust <laughs> myself. You got the yeah scissors. I've, like I said, I've been doing the goatee, but now I don't even think uh, I could go back to a goatee. No, not so, that, That's not uh, the look anymore. The, yeah, the gray beard definitely gives uh, a cross between Santa. And a cross between and experience no, yeah, and, Equis, and, and, and dude. Equis, absolutely. <laughs> so I think a lot of our guys now that, that I work with um, are so young or younger um, that I think the gray beard uh, shows to them that I have some sort of experience in yeah, doing man. what I do. But I embrace it. I'm definitely never going to color it. Um, I'm, at least I have some hair up here yeah, a little man. bit. I'm going to fight that fight as long
1: as yeah, I can. Yeah, you got to do it. But the gray is something uh, I love. I love it. I love it. Let's talk now because— I want to eventually get into fatherhood. Yeah. Well, we can't get into fatherhood without talking about the love of your life. Right. What age did you get married? Yeah. How did that whole thing? So first of all, congratulations to... on your baby. Thank girl. you it's very much, stuff. buddy. It's, Thank you. Uh, blessing.
0: To Thank have you, kids. Uh, I got married when I was thirty-two um, to uh, Joanna, and uh, yeah, she's somebody that came into my life that really uh, taught me how to respect women and people. Not saying I didn't uh, respect women or people before her, but she is someone just exudes, you know, so much uh, wealth of knowledge that taught me how to interact with human beings. Right. And before
1: that, we're going to give Joanna a shout out in the mix (laughs) on NBC. We're watching you, Joe. We keep doing your thing. We love it. We love it. Now, getting into the Latin culture because I'm sure that
0: was, uh, that's a new. Oh, that's great. I mean, so, you know, I'm born and raised in Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, Dominican I consider wife, right? myself now half Dominican Because <laughs> through marriage uh, But my parents are uh, from New York My family's from Europe, Austria, and Russia So, you know, to to marry a Dominican uh, woman From a 100% Dominican family Obviously, uh, there's going to be cultural uh, differences As any marriage probably has right. Even if it's same, you know, ethnicity The same ethnicity But I think growing up in Miami um, especially during the '80s, uh, during the Mario Boat Lift, it was real interesting for me as a as an eight year old to ask the questions, or uh, to yeah, be or a,
1: all these Jose's coming yeah, to in to be on the, like the beach, right. And
0: see, no one believes any of this. To see, not just Scarface, the movie. I mean, to be on a beach with my family and see a raft come up
1: with you people know? In it.
0: Yeah, I mean, these That's are things crazy, that, like, man. you know, people don't understand. <clears throat> That's growing up here yeah uh and these things happen and so growing up down here i think i was privy to seeing a lot of things um even unfortunately the riots that happened that that it was nothing like the riots you know i hear about in los angeles and other cities but you know to see a lot of these racial tensions and to see miami now grow into such a diverse city um i think that probably has helped me the most in my marriage as far as you know dealing and, and, and and understanding a different culture. So, um, you know, maybe there's a language barrier. I mean, my Spanish isn't as good as I want it to be. And I think, uh, you know, our kids are, are, are learning Spanish and and it's something that my wife wants to teach them. But I think growing up in Miami really, uh, enabled me, um, not only to be able to, you know, adapt, uh, to say in-laws per, per se, but really to understand, uh, you know, how how South Florida is now today.
1: You got married at 32? Yeah.
0: Zayden came at what age? So Zayden was born, uh, let's see, I got uh, about 37. When I was 37, wow. about, we were married about four or five years so before that was he was planned, born. planned, probably. Yeah, I mean, uh, look, I, I don't even know if it, you could say anything's planned in right, life right. anymore. Right, <laughs> no? right, right. As much as you try to plan, uh, uh, you know, you get laughed at when you when you really think you're planning but yeah he was uh he came uh and then I I really thought that was it I thought we were I was gonna be someone that's gonna focus on one child and that was a blessing and I was gonna be proud of that and then um the NBA finals came and uh those four years with LeBron and uh the stress S- and 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 some other stuff somehow two other kids came during that span. I thought the celebration, uh, you said stress. I thought it was the you guys stress. are celebrating. I mean, who knows? You don't there was probably more stress than celebrating. Even <laughs> as crazy as that sounds with right, two right, championships. Yeah. I mean, 2012 was amazing and 2013 was almost like uh relief. I mean, it's it's hard to uh, quantify a, a the championship the really, there's so guys, much pressure man, those man. years and, and i have nothing to do with the team on the court um but still you know you feel the wins and the losses and and that year that first year if you guys remember uh was the lockout it was the the huge nba work stoppage which you know affected a lot of people so it was a very uh unique time and yeah it was a blessing to have three kids another nine five and three um and, and it's a challenge Daily, But I find those three uh, kids and my wife uh, make me really who I am today. None of of this other stuff uh, is even close to as important as they are. Your
1: parenting style. Yeah. How is it similar (laughs) to your dad versus you now? Well, my parenting style is whatever my wife wants to do. That's usually the... uh,
0: I I tell everyone, especially with new fathers, you know, don't try and uh, be, uh, you know, the parent because the women... Not only do they tell you what to do as a husband as a as a as a i mean I have people tell me funny stories about the fights they get in with their wives about um raising uh children from right. what to feed them to the so again there whatever is important uh as a pillar is a pillar to you, but all the other stuff in between is is uh is um really up to you but no i I think my father uh, absolutely taught me um, everything about how to be a father. I mean, he he worked probably so much. Uh, one of those fathers that was just, you know, wasn't there when you woke up, wasn't there when you went to sleep, worked. Before, but, yeah. and, and now I can appreciate even more, always found the time to come to a game, always found the time to be that little face that I could see in the crowd, you know, always supported everything that I did. So I think... Um, Now juggling a schedule and understanding that hey, you know this stuff is important and work is important, but but what's more important is is being present and and being in the moment, And, and we're all guilty right now of being on our phones and social media nonstop, but. You know, my wife makes fun of me. She's like, "When you're with the kids, I can't call you. I can't, you know, because I need to focus on them." And you know, kids pick up on stuff. I don't want to be the parent that's on the phone all the time, you know, while my kids there or, you know, so I to try and be present as most as possible is what my parents taught me is just really uh, being involved in my life. And 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 they would ask me questions, and I would have to answer those questions. And as much as I didn't like it as a kid. I think being involved and, and, like I said, being present is, is number
1: one. Steve, let's talk about the hot rods. The hot That's rods. That's how I'm here. The yeah. hot rods. Right. The hot rods right. came out of nowhere. Came out of nowhere. <laughs> what did you learn during that experience? So I coached Little League uh,
0: right out of high school for a couple of years. And at the time, I did for two years. Now, just because
1: it was a relative or just to do Uh,
0: it? Honestly, I think it was almost like a challenge. One of my buddies said I could coach better than you or something. And I had nothing to do. And and I said, I could coach better than you. And and I think we were just so competitive. I'm a competitive person. And here I am. I think it was T-ball coaching uh, just to say I was better than my friend. Right. But at that time, I did see what was going on. Uh, with some of the parents. And again, I'm no coach, so, you know, they're cursing at me. This is late 80s, you know, cursing and cursing at the kids and doing all these things that I knew nothing about kids. But, um... I honestly was probably coaching at the time thinking, you know, wow, these kids are really great baseball players. Maybe, you know, I'm, they're going to be in a major league baseball player one time and maybe I'll work with them. You know, I really thought I was going to develop talent or something. I, I don't know. But then I realized this is not for me. And then uh, there was an opportunity last year uh, to coach. My son's eight uh, U team, bro. Was it 8U? Yeah, it was a uh, yeah. They uh, they their coach left, and uh, the league called and said, "Hey, you know, uh, there's an opportunity. Do you want to coach?" And and I really uh, at first was hesitant because I didn't even want to be that coach who coaches his son's team because I know how much pressure that puts on my own son, how much pressure that puts on me. But I ended up coaching, and it was something that uh, was a really rewarding experience. And I actually looked forward to practice and looked forward to coaching even more so um, than I ever could have Isn't imagined. Isn't that crazy how and, that happens? Yeah, and, and and believe me, people think, "Wow, you're, you know, it's so much fun what you do," and then it is. And every day is different. I love what I do, but if you could imagine when uh, when their schedule came out, I w- I was so nervous about. I can't miss a heat game or I hope the schedule doesn't conflict and maybe there's a rain out that makes me push this game to another day. And it was great. I mean, uh, we practiced a lot and, and I never missed anything. I, it was rare. Um, and and who knows? I mean, if I coach again, great. But I but I think it was just fun to be able to interact with the kids. And yeah, the Hot Rods had a great time. And the real emphasis on 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 the season that I taught was just really to teach the kids um, how to become better people, how to get better every day, and how to just have fun doing it. You know, I had some kids early on that that maybe they weren't great baseball players, and I knew I was not the person to fix that, you right. know. Right. I'm not that person. But I thought it was uh, my yeah. uh, obligation at the time to at least have them excited to come, have them excited to be there on time. And a lot of times, you know, it's not— up to them to be there on time. The kids are ready and the parents don't take them. As I'm sure you you know, you know, the parents are the key to that age. You know, so I was just trying to instill some of those fundamentals and, and we had a great time and I think we, we came in uh, fourth place out of, like, nine teams, which no one expected us to even win any games, and we had a great time.
1: Anything about your coaching style that you that surprised you during the season? You're like, man, I didn't know I was like this or like yeah, that. I didn't,
0: I didn't realize how much adrenaline I would have during the games. I mean, that that almost was, like, uh, let me down because I didn't think I was going to be so into it. And, you know, if, if a kid's on second... And, you know, I didn't realize how how much the, the intensity I would have uh, on a hot Sunday, you know, to make sure I'm hydrated so I don't pass out. So you don't pass you out. know, yeah, I mean. <laughs> like I never thought I would be uh, so into it. And I was. And believe me, it was not about winning, like we always said. But you're trying to win, too, and you're trying to uh, make kids better. So it was just interesting to see. Uh, myself get so into it and lose my voice and and scream and get worked up but so that that
1: was very surprising for me as a father now that's coaching your son what surprised you about your coach any about your son anything that you like you know what this I wasn't expecting this
0: yeah I mean uh, what surprised me and what was enlightening uh, to me is how much he treated me as a coach Uh, you know I remember I think the first day uh, we were out there practice and I was a little hard on him he called me dad and 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 it was one of those father-son moments where I said, I'm not your dad, right? I'm your coach. And I think he, that set the tone uh, for, oh, okay. And then a lot of these kids uh, also um, call parents by their first names. So I think the coach that was the coach prior to me, they called him by his first name and – even my own son, which I wasn't comfortable him calling someone an adult by their first name. And this is very old school, traditional. Right, no. And I think that first day when I said, listen, my name is Coach Stowe. And yeah, you're yeah. not going to call me yeah, Steve. you call me
1: Steve, Stevie. And I think Steve-o. some of the
0: parents were taken back at that. Um, and I didn't even want the parents to call me Steve. You know, because I, I, I was not their friend. I, I, you said I, something I, there. I, Listen, I, 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 I'm yeah.
1: such a fan, Steve, of setting the tone Yeah. with everything I do. Absolutely I true. don't care if we're going to play 2K video games yeah. or we're going to do a project setting the tone in everything I yeah. do. I try my best to let people know this is what's going to happen. Well, if you notice, I did it with the horrors. The first yeah. practice when I came out to the Howard, I said, give me a second, watch this. You put them all together, and immediately they're not used to that kind of stuff. So they start, they get excited.
0: That is is the thing that it's not only setting the tone, it's you are the CEO of your own brand. So like we say every day, you may set the tone right then and there, but it's as far as being credible, holding yourself accountable to your uh, setting the tone. But at the same time, uh, you know, every day when I walk into a professional locker room, uh, to talk about that phrase, setting the tone, absolutely. Uh, that is something that I hold myself accountable to because if player X wants to say something to you and you allow that, or if a parent wants to say something to you and you allow it and you don't address it, or if an umpire does something to a parent and you don't address it, and this is our society right now, you're just gonna be that person that that lets everything go. So that was something to me that I, I felt was... Uh, was, I was really, really, really passionate about coaching, but I think it was also how I am in my day-to-day life is that I will not allow somebody to say something to me if I disagree with it, and we'll set the tone. And because, like I said, the CEO of your own brand, that's my brand. So if you say something to me that I don't agree with, we could agree, we disagree on it, but I'm going to have to uh, come out and, and say something about
1: it. Steve, advice for young kids... What do you that, that that want to get into sports? Yeah. What, what what advice you have? So the advice I would
0: give to uh, students or youth to get into sports or further their careers, everything that I've learned with the Miami Heat, um, and that's work ethic, and that is our habits. I mean, we are an organization that preaches habits, so. What are habits? You know, habits are not something that you form when you're 40 something and you transition into a new job. Um, What I would tell students right now is to create these habits, whether it's shutting a light off when you walk out of your room, whether it's, you know, making sure you read a book here and there, whether it's pretending that you have the job that you want, act like you have that job because you'll be better off when that job finally comes and act like that person. So I think it's just getting into that routine of habits and a schedule and figuring out how to get the proper rest, how to get the proper nutrition, whether it's sports, whether it's educating yourself, really embracing who you are. And, you know, a lot of students think, okay, well, I'm just going to go work in football operations or I'm just going to go be an agent. I'm just going to go do this. It it doesn't really happen like that. It it, it doesn't. (laughs) You got to come in. Unfortunately, it really doesn't. Or I'm just going to, you know, get a job doing this or I'm going to buy a Lamborghini when I'm 17. And you don't want to say you won't or that's not a good idea. But. Uh, you do have to say, what am I doing every day to get 1% better? What am I doing every day to hone in on my skills? And look at yourself in the mirror. You're the only person that's going to be able to do that. Once you get to a certain age, you know your parents can tell you all, all you want. So these things really start – at a young age, maybe as early as like five years old. You could, you could tell. I mean, you work with kids all the time, and we work with kids. We know who needs a little extra help right. and, and maybe who can serve as a role model to other kids. So it's important to, to do those habits.
1: Steve, you've seen me work with Zayden. My coaching style, what do you like about it?
0: Yeah, well, first of all, I admire who you are as a person. Beyond uh, who you are as a coach, I just think your uh, demeanor and the way you communicate is something that I that I admire and, and I would like to be like. So when I've seen you coach and do lessons and I love the fact that you're so encouraging. I mean, you are probably the most positive person I've ever met in my life. And I've been around some That's very awesome, positive Look at that. been around some very positive people. Um, and I think that by you uh, enabling people to be comfortable with who they are and and maybe get them to a place that they've never been is unique. I mean, not many people can can get people to do that. So I I just love the fact that you are patient and are able to encourage people to go to a place that they've never been. And and that's very very hard to do and takes a lot of patience. So I'm patient, but I think uh you have the ultimate Oh uh, man,
1: I I get asked that all the time, Steve. Yeah. And what I tell people is I'm patient because I don't compare anybody. Right. I don't compare these kids to anybody right. but themselves. Right. I know, like we talked about, there's different leagues that have yeah. different competitions. Yeah, absolutely. And there's different barometers of of what that success means. Right. But just like uh, like I saw on something with Aaron Rodgers, I don't think Aaron Rodgers got one Division I offer right, out right. of high school. Right. And look who he ended up being. Exactly. Because we all mature in different stages and of that, our life. And that's
0: the thing. I mean, not only sports. You don't know who you're going to be until you... Are that person? You don't know you're going to win a championship until you win the championship. That's what Pat has always told us. So, you know, these are things that in life you can't say, I'm going to be the shortstop for the Cardinals. I'm going to be drafted here. I'm going to get a scholarship here. You don't know those things. You don't and know those things. God forbid, as we all know, in life things happen injuries, changes. How are you going to adjust to those things when things didn't go the way right. uh, you want to, or you didn't have the coach like you? uh that that helped you know or you didn't have the teacher that that was the teacher you liked you know so these are things that's real life
1: you know how to, adversity, how to prepare yourself for adversity that. Yeah. is a winning player's yeah. best friend at the end of the day, adversity yeah. is the best. one of the other reasons steve why you're so important to get at this moment of your career here is because i i know two things number one i wanted zayden one day, he's gonna look and be like, Look, that's my old man there. Uh-huh. And he was a cool guy. So he's gonna, historically, that's he's funny. gonna be able to see this. That's great. And so are the, the, the other kids. But you're a guy that, and I'm calling it now, we're gonna have this to be historically correct. <laughs> you're a guy that's like, Bruce Lee said something about water, that water takes the shape of the container, uh-huh. wherever you put it, whether you put it in a water bottle, you put it in a jug, you put it on the floor, it just adapts. And I have a real strong feeling that you're going to be that in the sports world. The sport, we don't know. It could be rugby. It could be tennis. And it's, you've done it now in basketball, right? right? Not that you're looking to this, but I feel your revolution because you are a hybrid of of a legend. And I'm going to tell you why I use the (laughs) word legend. Because you have enough in the game where the respect level for you is through the roof. But you're smart enough to understand that if you don't come down and understand the personnel you're dealing yeah. with, you're just going to be a dinosaur. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And because of that, I'm so excited for you because I feel that that move for you is coming around the corner because your knowledge, your dedication, your work ethic, and your relatability. Yeah. Man, and you, get you, that, yeah. you don't see that from anybody. And yeah. And just... I remember when I saw your first Instagram story and I saw a couple of them and I saw you come out as Steve Sto, I go, I reached out to you. I go, this is going to work, man, because <laughs> it's a hit. The way you talk, the way you're genuine, you're authentic, and you don't find too many genuine dudes right. that still have enough self-awareness. Yeah. To not brutally destroy you, right. but to tell you, listen, man. Thanks, yeah. You could do better. Yeah. Do this. Yeah. And I think that's going to be huge for you, man. Thanks, man. I, mean, I try to evolve every day. I mean,
0: I've been able to use the Miami Heat platform to really do some amazing work in, like I said, in a community that I grew up in. So to be able to be in a position to, to see changes, to, to affect change here, driving down US1, knowing all the stuff we've done in this area, or going to work every day and seeing things in, in, in Overtown, see Winwood become Winwood, you know, when it really was just still Overtown. It was Overtown, You know, so just little things like that is, is the footprint that, that I love leaving down here in this South Florida community and saying, hey, what more can we do? How can we get better? How can we, like even last year when we uh, partnered with uh, the three other teams after the tragedy of Parkland, you know, it's rare that the Dolphins, the Panthers, and the Marlins do stuff with us. And we reached out and were able to, to do a, a four professional team effort. So things like that to me been in this 20 years to be able to constantly evolve and change the way we look at things because if you don't, the things you look at will never change. Right. So it's been something that uh, I love doing and, and it's flattering to hear you say that. And, yeah, I, I view myself as every day is different and just how can I get better. And like what we talked about with the kids, if you're telling an 8-year-old a, a to get 1% better – what did I do today to get one percent better? So I challenge myself all the time, and never, never get complacent with what we are. And and it's the same thing uh, at at our at our
1: organization. Same thing. That is awesome, man. Final thing, music. You mentioned DJ Snake. <laughs> what kind of music does Steve still uh, listen to, man? What do you like? Well, DJ
0: Snake is not as much as uh, I respect what he does. That's not in my in my uh rep that's too new for Do me you? well obviously uh a little old school uh michael jackson is someone who i love you know any michael jackson you see song, that quincy jones it, documentary I, I actually did
1: it's pretty I good actually
0: did. it's pretty impressive um i learned a lot uh from that as well um uh, you know personal favor too, people never understand but some people close to me uh laugh but Mary J. Blige is someone who um, I just admire as as a person.
1: Why is that? Because she's original, because you... People
0: just don't think that I'm someone that would love Mary J. Blige.
1: Right.
0: I've had a chance to meet her, had a chance to work with her, and and that that to me was, uh, I was like, oh, my God. Uh, It's the first time where I'm like starstruck. Really? You know, uh, know, I'm with LeBron James all day long (laughs) with all these, you know... Uh, big celebrities, and it was like Mary J. Blige. I didn't want to be that person to say how much I I, I loved her, how much her. Music Did you tell her? Did you tell her anything, or were you? No, I kept it, pr- kept it uh, pretty cool, professional. Huh? I think, but she uh, she knew uh, she she actually. And here I'm sounding like the. I think she she knew I was someone who, the, who yeah, it. and, and uh, she she hugged me after we worked together. So I was uh, I was like, wow, I finally got a chance to bring someone in. Uh, who who's a, I was a fan of. But it's great to be able to work along uh, a lot of music artists. We do a, a gala every year um, that we actually charge $10,000 uh, per ticket. Wow. It's, a, it's a small gala of about 100 people, and she performed at it. And, and it's just amazing to be able to bring in. We brought in Earth, Wind, and Fire. We have brought in Boys to Men. Um, so to see uh, our players who are 20 and 21 – uh, interact with the folks that pay the ten thousand dollars for this charity event is, is unique because what act you know can relate can be relatable to an NBA player and to the folks is our challenge. Who who do you pick? Hey, you don't have too
1: many twenty year olds yeah, sitting in that audience, yeah. so you know?
0: It's been great, and and, I, and I've been fortunate to be around Pat Riley this long. He's a huge music aficionado, uh, loves Bruce Springsteen, and yeah. you know. So we we've always uh, uh, brought in music into our world so music and motown is something that i feel that everybody loves and anytime you have music at an event or good music live music uh it always enhances uh, you're so, you're, uh not only uh, sorry that's your one of the
1: things that i wish that baseball had a little more yeah because when you go to these basketball games right. the energy feels yeah. like you're almost in a nightclub man and it's contagious whereas a baseball game they try to do it but it doesn't translate the And same, kudos man. to the
0: NBA for being so relevant and adapting and making rule changes and making, you know, things that make the game better, you know. And, and, and I don't know how they do it. The, the league office has been amazing at that. And as you see what's going on in all the other leagues, um, and I don't know how to get the other games uh, more exciting or speed them up or whatever you're trying to do by right. not sacrificing the product. Right. But yeah, the NBA has been uh, tremendous. Uh, DJ uh was someone we brought in early on, and he's now uh, a global DJ. So um, yeah, being able to be around these artists and, and like I said, between Michael Jackson and Mary J. Blige, those are uh, two, two artists that I, I love so much.
1: That's awesome, man. Steve, I can't tell you what a pleasure it is to no, get. here. I mean, you I'm here, honored man. to be
0: here in the studio and dude. Uh, this
1: is this is this is this it, is
0: man. I feel honored to be part of this uh, is part of
1: the uh, movement, uh, man. Your movement you... and,
0: and it's great. And I and I can't wait to see uh what you're gonna do uh from this. I love it. I
1: love yeah. it. Guys, the legend himself right there, it's your coach. Remember, keep going hard and doing your thing. Thank you so much, guys, for listening to the whole podcast with Steve Stowe, Miami Heat legend. Again. If you like what you heard, please, please, please subscribe. Leave your comment below. Anything that you want to say, anything that you like, anything you dislike, whatever it is, I'm here for you guys, for the audience. That's why we're doing this. Please, your honesty is always the best policy here. You can find me on all social at Coach HP, at Coach HP. Remember, it's your coach for a reason. I'm here.